Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Hey everyone, welcome back to a solo episode of the Real Story Podcast. I am currently sitting in my cozy writing studio on a beautifully cold November day, coming off a celebratory weekend of my 12th year wedding anniversary and my 41st birthday. We did so many fun, nourishing, intentional things this weekend that I'll talk about in a little bit because it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about today. But before we even get into the fun, fun subject of manifestation, I just wanted to send out a quick reminder that this Thursday, November 17th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., if you are in the Nashville area, I am going to be teaching a workshop, a deep dive workshop called So You Want to Write a Book, Now What? We are going to dive into your writing goals, your author goals. We are going to be helping you figure out which publication path to take, the process to publication, whether you are writing a novel or writing a nonfiction book. And it is going to be with me. In addition to that, Friday and Saturday, my favorite conference, Writer Fest Nashville, where writers of all different walks of life, every type of writer, come together, network, doing panels, all of the fun stuff. If you are interested in the deep dive workshop with me, if you want to know more about Writer Fest Nashville, go to writerfestnashville.com. You can click on the Get Tickets button and it will take you to the page where you can purchase tickets for the conference, do a deep dive with me. The code that I have to get you $50 off is Insider50, I-N-S-I-D-E-R-5-0. Again, that code is Insider50 for $50 off. I hope to see some of you there. Okay, now, today we are talking about an easier way to manifest. For people who know me, they know I love to manifest cool shit. It's been part of my life for quite some time. And now that I know that my human design type is a manifester, a lot of things have just clicked into place. But I feel like the subject of manifestation has been wildly overdone. It's very trendy. And there are endless, you know, books and workshops and podcasts and seminars around the art of manifesting. And I've probably tried most of them, trying be the operative, being the operative word. And today we are going to talk about an easier way to call things into your life. And the reason I even want to talk about this, you know, over the past handful of years, I have manifested a lot of cool shit. In fact, for my 40, 41st birthday, I did a little Instagram post on a year in review and looked at all the things that I called in. I launched a book this year, which I actually almost forgot about, Secrets of Our House. I landed three book deals, which sounds crazy, and I'm still kind of wrapping my head around what that means and all that that entails. 
Let's see. What else did I do? Um, Traveled to 15 states and one country. I did a 25-city radio tour. I met so many new friends. I ghost wrote two books. I recorded a ton of podcasts. I grew my business. I radically deepened my healing journey and my relationships. And one of the coolest things that I manifested that we're going to talk about today is I won this film adaptation contest for my debut book uh, that came out in 2018 called Not Her Daughter. And so I want to kind of give you the Cliff's Notes version of how I manifested this because this is actually a four-year, <laughs> a four-year manifestation in the process. So back in 2017, when I landed a book deal for Not Her Daughter, I manifested the shit out of all of that. I got super clear. I wrote everything down. I talked about it. I was like, I haven't written fiction in 10 years, but I'm going to be a published author. I'm going to sell this book. This book is going to get a movie deal. And I really believed that. I mean, the belief was so, so ingrained in my brain. And I've talked about this before, but I didn't give myself an out. I didn't give myself a plan B. I did not doubt myself. I just really believed like, oh, this story fell into my lap. I channeled it. It flew out of me in a month. This is meant to be. This is going to go somewhere. So I did land, you know, the book deal. And then I did get a movie deal before the book ever came out. And I I really thought like, oh God, this is it. Like, I'm going to see this book on screen because that's how I wrote it to be visually told. And I've always seen this book on the big screen. Always, always, always. And so long story short, you know, when you get a movie option, it's usually, you know, they they pay you money. It's not a ton of money like everybody thinks, but My option was $10,000, and what that means is they basically borrow (laughs) the book for 18 months, Um, and they have 18 months to get something off the ground, and if they don't, they can either drop the option or renew the option, and that's sometimes how an author makes just, you know, extra money along the way. So for me, it was so not about the money. I just wanted it to actually get made, and this production company who bought it they made everything that they acquired. So I really did believe like, this is, this is it. This is all happening. Oh my God, what, this is so exciting. And so they were super gung-ho in the beginning. And then, you know, we wanted it to be a feature film and then they kind of changed their minds and were like, no, this is a TV show. And they wanted to actually, instead of making Not Her Daughter, they wanted to make a TV show of the sequel idea that I had called Dear Mother which is really dark. And they wanted me to write the pilot of the screenplay. And I'm not a screenwriter. I was definitely up for the challenge. I did it. I turned it in. The project went nowhere. They basically kind of, you know, strung me along and then were like, well, TV's really tough right now. So we're just gonna, we're not saying we're dropping it, but if you want to explore other options, you can. So I ended up moving literary agencies. My agent moved to another agency and I had a new film agent. And a lot of times, like in the film world specifically and in the book world, it seems like nothing is happening. Some things are going on behind the scenes, you know, but I just kind of dropped that. I dropped that goal and dropped trying to manifest anything 
with a film deal. I, I figured like, well, if it didn't happen in the first couple of years, it probably won't happen. And actually, quite to the contrary, in the book world, when you have a book, I mean, that book could maybe get made into a movie 10 years later, 15 years later. It just really depends. So this is a very long way of saying, <laughs> I still really had that goal in the back of my head. And I had practiced and embodied and envisioned even myself like on the red carpet and like, you know, who who was going to be the cast and standing with them in a picture like at the Oscars. I mean, I went all out in this vision years ago and kind of always kept it in the back of my head. But again, nothing happened. And I, I think I chose to limit my belief that I just didn't understand like how it would get made if it was so out of my control and out of my hands. And that was a very limited way of thinking. So a couple of months ago, um, Joe uh, recommended that I apply to this contest. So there is a company called Book Pipeline. They're amazing. They do such incredible things for writers everywhere. They have numerous contests, um, unpublished uh, authors contests, film adaptation contests, screenwriter contests. They are the true networkers in Hollywood and they're just incredible what they do for authors. So they ran, they run all these contests and we've entered our clients and a few of them. And he was like, just enter Not Her Daughter in the film adaptation contest. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But I was like, you know what? Why not? So I remember specifically, I sat down, I looked at what they needed. They just needed a, like a short synopsis in the book. And so I uploaded both of them. I paid the small fee. I sent it out into the world and then I released it. I completely released it. I surrendered. I, I just didn't have an emotional charge with it. And when trying to manifest in the past, I've never had that feeling of true surrender and release because I had already done all the work, all the wanting, all the envisioning. I had done that years before, so I just sent it out into the world and promptly forgot about it. Well, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I sent out a newsletter about it and was so excited. Uh, so if you have not signed up for my newsletter at rightwayco.com or reafry.com, please do so I can keep you updated. But I had just finished recording a podcast and saw that I had a missed call from Matt, who is, you know, one of the um, main guys at Book Pipeline. And I was like, huh. So I called him back and he was like, hey, you know, you entered this film adaptation contest. We're just narrowing it down, you know, to the top five. And I was like, whoa, cool. I'm being considered. This is so cool. And we're just chit-chatting about things. And he was like, oh, by the way, I probably should have led with this, but you won. And I have not experienced such excitement <laughs> in so long. I mean, I was in total disbelief. I didn't even look at like winning. So winning, I didn't even look at like what you won. I just sent the book out and forgot about it. Well, just that morning, I had been out with a girlfriend talking about my big 15-day trip and how amazing it was, but that I had spent $10,000 on this trip, which I did. It was just insane and worth every penny, but we were at a very low point. Uh, I was waiting on some client income, you know, and I'm really still trying to phase clients out. So I wasn't panicked, but I was just like, wow, you know, I spent $10,000 on this trip. Well, when I talked to Matt later that day, he was like, you know, you know, there's a prize. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I even like 
realize what the prize was. Uh, $10,000, which was in my bank account that very day. I mean, if that's not serendipitous, I don't know what is. And then they shop it to producers. And I really feel, I know there's so much that has to happen and a producer has to, you know, attach to it. And you, it has to, I have to go through the option process all over again. But they told me that over, out of 1,300 entries, over 1,300 entries, it was the most, it blew all of the other books out of the water. It was the most high concept um, idea. And it is a timeless idea. I mean, that book is about a woman who kidnaps a five-year-old to save her from her abusive mother. So it's kind of a, a, you know, a reverse play on what we think about kidnapping. And we just had some great talks about it. We already created a pitch. We're sending it out softly to a few producers, and then we'll really hit it hard at the beginning of 2023. But it was such a moment, a full circle moment of manifesting this thing that I had wanted for so long, but it kind of, again, I just kind of surrendered it. And I've never manifested anything like that where I, you know, actively was pursuing something, i.e. signing up for this contest, but then I just let it go. And so it got me really thinking about manifesting and how we manifest. And, you know, I have friends who can be like, hey, I want to make like I have a friend right now. She was like, I want to make money from speaking gigs. She spoke it out loud. The next day she got paid for a gig. Like there are people, when you get into alignment and realize like how you call things into your life, it is a very powerful tool. And it often doesn't take, you know, four years to manifest something. It can drop in just like that if you are aligned and aware. But I really wanted to talk about five easy steps to manifest. Um, There are a million, I will preface this by saying there are a million different ways to call things in. But like what Alex and I have really realized and the work we did this weekend for our anniversary and my birthday really does go in line with what I'm about to say today. So my number one tip, I think, for manifesting anything is to get clear on, first of all, who you are in this very moment, not the stories that you've been told about yourself, not the identities that you cling to, but who you are and what you want to call in. Get specific. So, you know, when I got back from my 15-day trip, I was like, oh my God, we want to run retreats for people. That's what we want to do. And that's what, that's the work that I want to get into and and want to really open myself up to. But in order to do that, I have to get very clear and specific on what that looks like, on what the planning phase will be. I think a lot of people think they just, if they just say what they want, that it'll show up, but it actually does take work. And some of that work is in the thinking about it, in the planning of it, in setting a clear, clear intention for what you want to call in, which is step number two. Getting clear on who you are and what you want to call in is super important, but then you set an intention for what you want to call in. So why do you want to call this in? How do you think you're going to feel when you call this in? What is it going to change when you call this in? When you start really answering those questions, sometimes you want things because you think you should, or it's materialistic, or it's your ego talking. But that's why when you want to call in something, you have to really 
spend some time thinking about what that is. So getting clear, setting an intention. Number three, which I just learned, is after you write it, say it, think about it, however it is that you want to call in and get clear, you let it go. You surrender it out there. You don't have to say mantras every day. You don't have to constantly, you know, want it so much because that actually disconnects you from having it. You just let it go. You surrender. You have placed your order (laughs) with the universe and then you just let it go. But here's where things get tricky because that's when people often stop. They like, okay, this is what I want. They say it and then they let it go. And then if it doesn't show up, they're like, well, manifestation doesn't work. So there are two more steps that I feel are very important here. And one, the the fourth one is taking energetic action. What does that mean? So a lot of times we can take actual action. So if you want to start a business, well, you have to actually take steps to do that, right? But sometimes if you manifest something and say like, I want a film deal, you know, with so-and-so producer, what action can I take there? I can send them the book. I can do my research, but that decision of them buying the book is out of my control. So what can I do in order to take action and to be involved in my own manifestation? So taking energetic action, I feel, is acting from that place of what you want, not who you've been before, not, and again, not disconnecting, not wanting it so bad, but putting yourself in the place of already having that thing, of already being that person. So when I think about a producer, I want this female producer, like in my dreams, I would love Olivia Wilde, who would make the best Sarah Walker, who is the protagonist of my story. And she is directing films and producing films. I would want her to buy it. And so I put myself in the place of not thinking about her doing that, but already buying it, loving it. I can envision that us having a conversation, what that relationship will look like, and then me going about my day as if I already have that thing. And what I have realized on my manifestation journey is manifestation is not ever, ever about getting the thing. It's about the feeling of having it. And guess what? You can activate and feel however you want to any day of the week. I have never been a New York Times bestselling author, but I could certainly put myself in that place and feel like that. And does that fundamentally change anything about me? If I'm a good person, if I'm a bad person, if I'm healthy? No, it doesn't. So putting yourself in that feeling, you start to realize that all the things you want, you really want because you think they're going to make you feel better. And the trick is to actually start feeling better before you have it. And I think that is the most important key here in just living a, a, a more fulfilled present life is taking that energetic action and putting yourself in that place of already being and having and doing the thing that you want in the first place. And then the last step to that, which is also so critical, and I feel like we never ever do, myself included, <laughs> is celebrate and appreciate whatever it is that you want to call in ahead of time. Go ahead and celebrate whatever it is that you want. You won the lottery. You bought a new house. You started a nonprofit. You're having a baby. Celebrate that. Put yourself in that. When I got the two book deal for Not Her Daughter, 
I celebrated the shit out of finding an agent, getting a book deal, having a movie deal months before it all happened. I would do it daily, actually. And I know that kind of goes again against what I said about surrendering, but it wasn't, it was the feeling. I wanted to feel that way. I wanted to feel that excited every day. And now I get up and, you know, I'm still really struggling with being someone who is in service to clients, who is always giving my energy to clients versus being an author and filling my own cup. So I still, you know, I still balance these two roles, but I've really started to get up. And even though I have client work, really asking myself, like, if I am a full-time author who's getting paid super well and making a living and supporting her family, what does my day look like? What do I pay attention to? How do I feel? That is just the most important question. How do I feel? How do I want to feel? And one of the things we learned this weekend, uh, we had this amazing tarot card reading during this this couple's experience that we had that I'll talk about in a second. And my tarot reading, it was it blew me away, but it was so clear that I am done. I am done with client work, even though I still have clients through about February. And in order to move on, I have to appreciate all that I have built, all that I have created, everyone that I've helped in order to move on to the new thing. And that is a step that, you know, because of client work, it has afforded me so many things. Because of client work, I am a multi, as a, as a single, not single, I'm not single, but as a single person, a female, who was told in a previous marriage that I would never make money, that I would never make money from my art. I have made multiple, multiple six figures and grown every year from the jump. And because of clients, because of people trusting me and putting their faith in me and me getting to work on these amazing ideas, I have been able to travel to have time with my daughter to literally afford anything and everything that that we want. And not that it's about the money, but I think I'm always moving forward. And it's so easy to just get so bogged down in the work instead of appreciating it, appreciating what it has brought me and how even working myself (laughs) ragged, I have been able to deepen and strengthen my relationship to myself, my relationship to source and manifestation and my partner and my daughter and my friends and my family. And I would have never been able to do that with a normal job. I took a leap and a risk and believed in myself and manifested a lifestyle that I want that works for me. And, you know, it's really scary to let things go. Like I'm, you know, next year, 2023 will look radically different than it's looked for the past three years in the type of work that I'm doing and how, you know, I'm very familiar with how I get paid and what my packages are. So to open myself up to making money in a new way can be frightening. But I think by appreciating all that I've built, all that I have, I can really move forward into something new. And, you know, really thinking through all of these, you know, I've talked about my husband in the past and he's had some blocks around really earning 
and stepping into his full power. So this weekend, it was so sweet. On our anniversary, he made this amazing menu (laughs) of what we were going to do for the day. And I'm actually going to read this menu because it was so adorable. But little did he know that on our anniversary, which was November 11th, I had booked us uh, a four-hour session with our favorite healer. Her name is Gabby at Mana Salon and Spa, which is, it's so not a salon and spa. It's unbelievable. It's my favorite place in Nashville. And I had booked a special day for us, but he had printed out this gorgeous menu. Listen to this, you guys. Okay. 11.30 a.m. lunch, 12.30 p.m. breathing journey that he was going to facilitate, 1.45 p.m. hot and cold contrast therapy. So we have a sauna and we have an ice bath. So do that. 2.30 p.m. 90-minute full body massage. My husband is the best masseuse on the planet. Uh, 4 p.m. tea, kombucha, reading, eye gazing. Now, eye gazing, soul gazing, whatever you want to call it, unbelievable what that actually does. Like we do not look into the eyes of the people that we love on a daily basis, on a regular basis even. And I have something to, I'll circle back around to the eye gazing because ironically, when we did the spa experience with Gabby, we ended up soul gazing for pretty much all of the four hours, which was amazing. Then 6 p.m. dinner, 8 p.m. revitalizing Epsom Epsom salt bath soak, 8.30 p.m. bed, tea, and reading. And it was just the sweetest thing. But I I really wanted the two of us, not him being in service to me, because he's always in service to me and to my daughter. I wanted us to have a very special day. So we show up at Mana, and um, Gabby surprised us with, I was like, do whatever you want to do, whatever you think that we need to do. So we started out with her showing us some cards and doing some writing prompts. And then one of the most incredible exercises she had us do was, you know, we were sitting across from each other and to like close our eyes and remember who we were when we first met. And I imagine that 27, you know, 28 year old person sitting beside me and told her like all of the things she was going to do and all the things she was going to create and how fucking badass she was going to be when she had been told that she wasn't and who I am now and how excited I am and how I feel like Alex and I have been together 13 years and I feel like we are just beginning. We are just coming to understand who we are and what we want to call in and what we want to let go. So then we had to literally stare into each other's eyes and say all of these different things that made us both cry. We had um, an incredible tarot reading. And then we did something that I am not going to be able to explain well called standing constellation. And so this all circles back around to the manifestation. But Gabby was just, you know, in all the things we want to manifest, she was just asking if we were struggling with one or two things. And for Alex, it's really feeling his sense of freedom. And for me, it's feeling like I'm on my own, that I am, I am not fully supported, that I'm constantly having to go, 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 go. And she created the most incredible experience. I can't even explain like how transformative this was and how 
we consciously connected with each other and reframed and reprogrammed and reset our entire relationship. It was unbelievable. But one thing I realized during that exercise is really having to to realize that there is always a sense of home, that I am fully resourced. And I think I've always, always relied on people to provide resources and income for me to provide for my family instead of thinking about being provided for by the universe, by nature, by, by all of it. It's not the people, it's it's not clients. I don't have to just make money through clients. I can have a bigger, stronger connection to something beyond that. And for me, that was very, very pivotal. Um, and we followed this, this amazing family constellation with this very ancient ritual of a foot soak um, with gua sha on my face and a foot massage. And it was just so incredible on so many levels. And on my birthday, I had brunch with one of my favorite friends and her daughter and had just a lovely day. And then my family came over and I had everyone bring a question to ask me because one of my biggest complaints in life is that no one asks me questions. (laughs) And we just had like a lovely day. And then we had a fire and Indian food and just, it was, it was all so nourishing. And it was such a reset. And it really made me realize that at any point, any point in the day, we have the ability to change the way that we feel, to call in what we call, what we want to call in, to let go of anything that is no longer serving us. And it's important to keep your pulse on that, to not lose yourself into do's and tasks and stress and so much shit to do, but just coming back to how you want to feel, how you want to show up in the world, and then getting clear on what you want to call in. Because when you do, it is so fun. This this manifestation process is so fun. So again, remember those quick five steps, getting clear on what you want to call in, setting an intention, letting it go, surrendering it taking energetic action. So really acting and feeling from that place and then celebrating and appreciating having that thing before you have it. I would love to know if you ever try to manifest anything or if you're kind of new to it. If you have questions, concerns, you can email us at podcast at rightwayco.com. And again, if you want to head over to writerfestnashville.com and join me, at Writer Fest or for my deep dive. You'll find all the information there. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.